Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And we're into extra time. No my whakarongo mai ki extra time. Koravinda hunia tēnei. Welcome to Radio New Zealand's official sports podcast. This week, can the Warriors back up their first round win when they play their first home game of the NRL season? Former New Zealand boxer Shane Cameron weighs in on Joseph Parker's upcoming unification fight. Silver Ferns mid-quarter Grace Carr explains why the tiny Jamison trophy is so important. Sports psychologist explains why the Black Caps struggle to deliver in clutch matches. And we hear how a badminton pair living worlds apart will make it work at the Commonwealth Games. Well, the Warriors are off to a dream start in the NRL. Not only did they break a nine-year Perth hoodoo with a 32-20 win over the South Sydney Rabbitohs in Round 1, but they've also restored the faith of some of their die-hard fans. With consistency the topic of the week, what can we expect to see when the side runs out at Mount Smart Stadium this Saturday for their first home game of the season against the Gold Coast Titans? I went to Warriors HQ to speak to coach Stephen Kearney and captain Roger Tuivasa-Shek to find out. The guys, you know, what I've noticed is, you know, they've, they've worked really hard during the pre-season, and you know, you know, with that comes a, you know, I guess a sense of, you know, a sense of confidence. So, but again, it's the, this competition is, you know, 26 rounds, and you've got to turn up every week, you know, um, with an attitude to, you know, do the job and, you know, improve yourself. So, um, uh, and it's no different this week for us. Simon's a you know sort of week to week proposition. We've just got to make sure we manage him um, uh, pretty good. Or, 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 or doubt, I'm doubtful that he'll be ready for this week. Again, he's a quick healer, but um, you know we want to make sure we're, we're doing the right thing and looking after him also. How imperative is it to back up Saturday with a win at home this week? Well, you know what what's you know imperative and what's important is that you know we we prepare well to to perform well and, and that's you know that's our focus you know that's the boys focus and uh, uh, so you know that's you know that's very you know that's that's critical for us is making sure that we you know put in a good session today tomorrow and we come back again on on uh, on Friday to, to play well on, on Saturday against the side who I thought you know showed you know a great deal of spirit you know in their match on uh, on Sunday afternoon so um, you know that's what's important for us. And that's just the way it is. You know, whoever you're playing, you know, wherever you're playing, and it's such a demanding competition that you have to be, you know, ready to go for 80 minutes, and sometimes even longer, every time. And um, so it's no different this week. Yeah, it feels good. Uh, I think the more the the thing that feels a lot that feels better is just winning that first game and just getting out and completing what we set. You know, having a plan and executing the plan was it feels a lot it feels good. I feel like there's still a lot of um, errors that I put in in the game, especially in my backfield positioning and catching the high balls, and I want to improve in that. Playing with like Greeny and Sean Johnson and being able to create space on the edge there for our, our boys to score, and that's part of my game that I want to grow, and, it, and it's just my job to do it, so I want to improve a lot on that as well. And against the Titans, against the way that they played last week and the win that they got, you know, we need to step up again. You know, they're down 
um, the first half and they came back to win the second half so they, they're a team that can play and play from anywhere on the park and Taylor's a crafty player too and the two halves there so we've got to really shut down the, the, the halves and make sure that they're not having um, a good game. Yeah. That was coach Stephen Kearney and captain Roger Tuivasa-Shek. The countdown is well and truly on to New Zealand boxer Joseph Parker's world heavyweight title unification clash with British superstar Anthony Joshua. Three of the division's four major bouts will go on the line in Cardiff on Easter Sunday, with Parker's WBO strap and Joshua's WBA and IBF crowns all up for grabs. Predictions are coming thick and fast, with most having Joshua a healthy favourite to prevail in front of what will be a capacity crowd of 80,000. Sports reporter Clay Wilson caught up with former New Zealand heavyweight champion Shane Cameron this week to get his thoughts on the fight. And the one-time World Cruiser title challenger believes all the talk will ultimately count for nothing. At the end of the day, it's going to come down to um, when they when they both step through the ropes and they're both looking at each other and uh, who, who's going to have the... It's going to be on the day, you know, in terms of how, how they peak their body. Um, peak their body for that one... One night, that one night where where they're not feeling flat. That one night where they've, they've done all the hard training and they, they haven't overtrained. They haven't done too much, you know. So that that is key um, to making sure you're firing on all cylinders. Um, come 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 fight night. So uh, and then then from there on, they come back to who's who's the smartest man in the ring. You know, the power is, does have a factor, but um, but ultimately, um, it's who's the smartest man in the ring. So. Um, in terms of the power, Joshua, Joshua has the most power out of the two. But so, so Parker, it's uh, how does he adapt to that? How does he stay away from his power? You know, and he's a lot more. He has a lot more speed. Parker has a lot more speed than, than Joshua. So he um, he needs need to utilize that ring um, smartly. Um, you know, when he's in when he's in the firing zone, basically when you're in the inside the, the arms of Joshua, for example, you're in the firing zone. So you need to be doing something. You need to be throwing some punches, or you need to have your defense up and and and, and have a nice, tight, tight, strong defense. We need to grab hold of them to to shut them down somehow, you know. Or you need to get out, get out and back into the safety zone. So that's um, I'm not sure what their fight plan will be um, on, on uh, Parker's fight plan will be. Um, yeah, I, I suspect it wouldn't be to try and out muscle them. Given all that, have you had time to make a prediction? And if so, what's your reasoning for for what you're predicting? Um, my per, uh, prediction of oh, I'd like I'd like Joshua. I mean, sorry, um, Joseph to win. Of course, I want Joseph to win. Uh, but I just know it's just going to be a hard. It'll be a hard night for him. It's going to be a hard night for him. But uh, um, but if he uses his speed well, you know the way the way for him to win this fight. Um, uh, I, I don't know if he'll knock him out, but for, for Parker to win this fight, he needs to be fast. He needs to be, use the speed, use that jab, but 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 step in on on his punches and land the land land some heavy shots. And then get back out, you know, because Joshua, he's as big as he is. He he still has, he still, um, he's his defense is still nice and high. You know, he doesn't drag his hands low or anything like that, which he could easily get away with. But he doesn't. He's still very, very polished on that side. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I, I see it a very hard night for for, for Joseph Parker. But um, yeah, hey, we're in the heavyweight division, and uh, and anything can happen former New Zealand heavyweight boxer Shane Cameron.
The Silver Ferns are in action next week in the Tiny Jamison Trophy Series and mid-quarter Grace Cara believes it mustn't be overlooked, despite the Commonwealth Games being less than a month away. The mid-quarters copped a lot of flack as the reason why the Silver Ferns have failed to succeed during the last international season. And Cara told me she's determined to rectify it when they face Jamaica, Malawi and Fiji at the North Shore Event Centre next week. It's definitely an important stepping stone in terms of build-up to the Commonwealth Games and this is where we want to really solidify combinations and, and, and make sure that you know the game, pl- game plans that we do have in place are working and working well and I suppose it's just making sure that we're crossing the T's and dotting the I's at this stage. I think it's been a good thing in terms of just demanding more of each other and we know there's certain players in the team that know what it feels like to be a part and play in a gold medal Commonwealth Games final or a World Cup final. So I think we've demanded more of ourselves in terms of intensity at trainings and I think that's why it has been a lot harder than previous camps and now that the 12 have been named in the few training camps that we have had together, it's, it's been a real step up from past training camps. What has Janine Southby's bottom line been in this camp? Yeah, we've had kind of different themes throughout um, the different build-up camps. So the last one that we had was just really, it was a focus around our mid-quarters, delivering quality ball to our shooters, and then our shooters obviously providing good options for us to be able to put them in good um, shooting positions. What I'm taking on board too is, is obviously being in the Ferns environment and down that attacking end, um, that wing attack role is crucial in terms of directing play and directing players. So I think it's really stepping up in that that environment to be able to um, take that and, and really emphasise. It's usually the mid-court that cops, you know, blame. What is your idea around that? I try not to abide into too much of that kind of thing, but um, as, you know... All of the girls know it's a team sport and it doesn't ever come down to one specific area. Yeah, there can be you know improvements. There could probably be improvements throughout the court regardless of, you know, if you play the blind or... Yeah, I, I try not to buy too much into it and I think that as long as we're trying to do the best that we can and, and you know, like we ultimately have been told our job is to serve the shooters, to be that link through the defense, from the defence to the attacking end and if we're doing that and we can, you know... Uh, hand on our heart say that we have then you know so be it but if we haven't then yeah we probably deserve the the copying that we get Silver Ferns mid-quarter Grace Cara The Black Caps need to not only recognise they have a problem winning series deciding matches but also deal with the issue properly says a leading sports psychologist the recent series loss to England highlighted a growing problem for the Black Caps. It's the fifth series in the past two years where the Black Caps have lost the final and deciding games of a series. Sports psychologist Gary Hermanson, who has worked with Olympic athletes and several New Zealand national teams, told sports editor Stephen Hewson the issue is a common problem. They haven't dug deeper, I don't think, into the real reasons why it's going on, You know, into what's happening beyond just the fact that the boys didn't play too well, you know. They, we, things didn't come come the way that they hoped they would. But in, in sports psychology now, we're starting to look more closely at what is it that happens in that brain to body uh, relationship, and um, how does that get triggered when things um, happen where there's some kind of desire, but also some fear of failure, and. Uh, that's where we're striving, striving to be able to understand it, but also make a difference with it. And I think we're getting there, 
but we have to be able to impact that back into sports like cricket and other sports as well to be able to say, you know, more than just saying, hey, this is a problem we have, but being able to say the problem is more than just being able to describe poor play and going back into the actual understanding of the way the brain and the body work together. I mean, we've talked about how New Zealand sports people might struggle with that. Are there examples that you see or, or, or nations that go, that the, the, I suppose the reverse is true, embrace that favourites tag, perform well in uh, scenarios well, where, where, where things are on the line? I think it's a common theme and a common problem, but some or other, you, you, I mean, if you have nations who have a less um, uh, kind of focus on identity being associated with the sport, then you find more freedom to be able to, you know, have some wins and have some losses and people get a bit annoyed at the time but they don't get so kind of carried away by the implications of that. And we're quite savage on our athletes. You know, you only have to listen to some of the talkback stuff and when we're doing well, everyone's saying how great things are and then we have a hiccup and athletes get punished and kind of criticised and coaches get abused and everything. And so it's uh, the, the dilemma for us is that it's quite intense. Mike Hess and the Black Caps coaches talked about keeping an even keel when they win versus when they lose and not getting too over the top with success or too overwhelmed by losses. Does that, I mean, what impact does that therefore have when patterns like this emerge? Yeah, well, I guess that's a way to to kind of, you know, ease it off and to be able to say, you know, we need to be able to not get too carried away with when we're doing well because I guess that heightens people's expectations as well. But um, that that can help a bit, but I think we have to be able to go a little bit further than that if we're going to really make a difference. Sports psychologist Gary Hermanson. One might think being on opposite sides of the world may hurt a pair preparing for the Commonwealth Games, but Hamilton badminton player Susanna Leyden-Davis doesn't think it'll be a problem. Leyden-Davis and her older brother Oliver will compete in the mixed doubles on the Gold Coast. They finished 17th in the same competition four years ago in Glasgow. Oliver is playing professionally in Denmark, while Susanna is working in Hamilton. However, she doesn't think the long-distance arrangement is an issue, and sports reporter Barry Guy found out why. There's a lot of work that we can do independently, um, and then obviously we'll come together pre the game, so actually heading across to Australia down to Melbourne a little bit early before we head up to the Gold Coast of the village, and that's where we'll do our preparation more together. Definitely a lot that we can work on separately, um, and then we'll target the combination stuff on the court as soon as we get back together. So you've obviously played uh, enough together over the years to sort of know each other's games at least? Oh, absolutely. And um, yeah, when we do build up to big events like this, we're making sure that we've got that plan together. So Ollie was back in New Zealand uh, early February and I spent a couple of months over in Europe just before Christmas and we did a tour through there. So we spent a lot of time together and yeah, when we've played, oh, it's probably five or six years now that we've played together, you do tend to know each other pretty, pretty well. (laughs) So he's playing professionally over there. Are you just training or are you simulating games as well here? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, definitely to get to match play um, practice in there as well. Um, so I do some of that from here and then often we'll head away um, and do tours. Like before Christmas, we're away for about two months. Uh, so we went and met up with Ollie in Denmark, where he's based. Did some training there and also went out on the tour through Europe and actually finished with a tournament in the States just before Christmas. So yeah, it's important that we plan that stuff so that we are getting the match play together, as well as working on the own things separately when we're apart. Badminton, of course, is one of those, um, the, the competition is widespread, you know, you, you, there's 
people look at the Commonwealth Games and all of these other nations pop up in badminton and, and, and that yeah. sort of thing. The competition is tough, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's a couple of the big names that aren't there, such as China, but there's a lot of very, very talented com- uh, countries still there, the likes of the English, the Indians, the Malaysians, the Singaporeans. There's, yeah, there's a lot of strong um, depth in that, those um, countries. So, there's, yeah, it's certainly still be a, a very big fight and it's uh, still a prestigious competition um, in the badminton world. And I'm assuming a lot of those, say, Asian in particular, but others yeah. as well, they, they put a lot of time and money into sports like badminton. Is that a bit, um, you know, what is the comparison perhaps between what you're doing and, and some of these other nations? Absolutely, and uh, it's, it's always an interesting one. Uh, as you say, there's a lot of countries that have a lot of funding in behind it, and unfortunately for us, we're not one of those sports in New Zealand. And um, but that's that's just how it is. And we um, once we get back out on tour, we like give it everything, and we're sort of I guess you'd say uh, used to that extra challenge, and it just makes those successes all the more rewarding when you do come out. And so for myself, obviously working and training. Um, to try and get that balance to fund the sport. Um, yeah, it makes those wins all the more special. New Zealand badminton player Susanna Leyden-Davis. And that wraps up another edition of Extra Time. Don't forget you can contact our sports team via email at sport at radionz.co.nz and on Twitter at RNZ Sport. You can also stay up to date with all of our sports stories during the week at radionz.co.nz. Until next time, hey corner. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.